This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love. Playing out of person time. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. 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 Good evening and welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Thursday the 12th. It's a little bit later than usual. Um, and I'm joined by Bez um, after spending the day with him. How are we doing? Hey, you're the lucky man you are. I am. He even treated me to lunch. I did. I did. Yeah, cracking day, wasn't it? And yeah, I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. All good. We'll touch, we'll touch on that a little bit later anyway. Yes. Um, and we're also joined by multi-billionaire who can't sort his camera out because we're looking at green and purple stripes on my screen. Um, Steve now- Hayden. To be fair, Steve is working perfectly fine on mine. It's obviously Johnny. I can say, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting in the uh, diary. It's behind the book, bookshelf. There's a load of books I've never actually read. But, you know, they look, they look, they look decent. Um, no, I'm good, thanks. Uh, how are you guys? Yeah, to be fair, Steve, that's my favourite Mr. Man you've got there. Looks as though you're about <laughs> yeah. to start reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if there's anything, anything decent. There's usually a load of football ones, but they must have been moved. Yeah, must have been. Must have been. Yeah. He's he's next to. We we obviously we we what we've got a game coming up Monday that we'll discuss a little bit later. But it's been quite a busy busy all weekend it's around the Vale. It's been busy and a lot of (laughs) rumours. Yeah, definitely. Well, shall we start with you, Bez, to see if you've watched any films recently? I haven't. No, I haven't had a chance, but I've got one boot for next Wednesday. So next Thursday, when we do the pod, I will have a film review and I'm going to see for if anyone wants to watch it before I like, we say review, I just say either it was good or bad, really, don't, so don't go into it. But if anyone wants to see next Wednesday, I am going to see a new horror that's coming out and it looks really good, to be fair, called Megan. Okay. And it is... From the most prolific minds in horror, James Wan, the filmmaker behind Saw, Insidious and The Conjuring. And it's basically a doll one. So those that don't like doll horror films, it's not for you. For those that do, it's, yeah, looks really good, to be fair. Fair enough. Have you seen, on, on, on the notes of horror, have you seen that a friend of the show, JY, has recommended The Menu? No, but I did want to go see that and I just never got round to it. So I will yeah. watch that, but it's not on the cinema anymore. So I'll have to wait on some legal streaming site. Yeah, because you don't want the old... You don't want the old... No, definitely not. 
Yeah, you'd only be midway through Bournemouth v Newcastle and the Federal is kicking you, kicking you, kicking your door in and calling you off to strange ways. Yeah. I've not watched many films, but I have just watched The Detectorists from start to finish. And if you've never seen that, it's absolutely brilliant. Never heard it's of got, that. What's that? It's got Mackenzie Crookin out of the office and Toby Jones. He played um, the one who supports Stoke, Neil Baldwin. It's about these two okay. blokes who go metal detecting. It's like two seasons. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh. I tell you what, I keep seeing advertised everywhere, and I probably will get round to watching the rig on Amazon Prime. Is that with that the new Martin? Was it Martin Crompton? Not a clue. I'm not good with famous people's names. I just yeah. recognise them. But it's on a rig. Funnily enough, that's probably where they come up with the name. Very creative. Ah, yeah, that is, is that, creative. Is, is Martin Crompton the one on the line of duty? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm on the last episode of Wednesday, which I watch when I go to bed tonight. On <laughs> and I know we yeah. had a bit of a chat about this in the Ale and Vale group chat, but yeah, it was Wednesday. And for those listening that, you know, get a bit agitated, we watched it with a pint of real ale. There you go. That's for you, yeah. Molly. That's for you, Molly and Simcox. We watch with a pint of ale. Yeah, yeah I watch, I'm also watching Wednesday with my daughter, who is obsessed by it. Uh, she's got a Wednesday hoodie as well. Like a Nevermore school hoodie you can buy. Very nice. Oh, it's better than I thought it'd be, to be honest. I don't, when I told you lot I was watching, I thought I'd be ridiculed. But before I know it, everyone's seen it um, yeah. as normal, two weeks behind. Yeah. yeah. And how did you see the new year then, Steve? Did you have an ale in the new year? I did. I, um, I went before the day before, we had some friends round. Um, and then we played um, that game Johnny told about, whatever it's Jackbox TV for hours. Then we watched the telly and about, Two o'clock, I'm thinking, I've got to go for a screen tomorrow. Is there any chance of you lot buggering off? Three o'clock, they went. Woke up at half past ten, and I was okay. Jumped in the car, and uh, drove carefully down to Forest Green. And what ale did you have New Year's Eve? Oh, I, I think I just had... I was just drinking, drinking gin and tonic and uh, Prosecco, I think. Uh, and um, some um, plum porter. Not a fan of plum porter. Oh, controversial, yeah. controversial, yeah. I know, but I'm not a fan of plum porter. I, I'm not a fan of porter, to be fair, which is probably why I'm not a fan of plum porter. I'm, I don't like dark ales. I'm a real ale, light ale, amber ale. That's, you know, I don't like dark ale. The only porter you're a fan of is Andy. Yeah. And Mark's all right. We, we saw today yeah. that he yeah. yeah. was in good form. And get well soon, Mark, after your operation. He seemed in good spirits. And an SOS out there for the nurse that was in with him that's in the paddock. And for anyone that wants the story, go and ask Mark. Yeah, the, the anaesthetist will, will, um, will be scored for that. <laughs> but yeah, if anything, it does need to come from Mark because he's a, he's a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't do it justice. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, that's, that, that's film review. Um we have got to talk about the um, the elephant in the room, haven't we? Steve has put that much weight on Christ. Oi. <laughs> no. My beard is I've I've grown my beard though. I'm probably giving it giving it big licks. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 it's a sad day at Ale and Vale Towers, isn't it? With Brad Walker's um, departed off the tram here. And as as everyone knows, Bez. Too soon, you, Johnny. I you love, love Brad Walker. Too soon. It is. It, it's it's still raw. Simcox has already been out there taking the pick. I've only just bit. got over Manny, and now Brad's gone. I know. It's, it's for you. Next, someone will be telling me Jamie Proctor's going in the January transfer window, and that's not me starting a rumour. I haven't heard anything. 
Yeah, I think the Walker thing, sensibly, it makes a lot of sense for everybody, really. I mean, you've got to hand off to our recruitment. We've got a bit of money for him, which is good. He's going to play regular football. He's at an age where he needs to. It's obviously close to his close to his own. I think for all concerned, it's a decent move. And whether we, we replace him, I don't know if we will or not. If, if and when Charles goes, you assume we'll have to. But if we want to progress, we've got to be looking to upgrade all the time. And I think it's um, something I'll touch on later and ask you guys, but the market out there is so hard, recruitment, and any any budget they can free up, they're going to need to use well. So he was decent for Vale. He's a bit injury-prone, but good luck to him. Maybe he does well. To be fair, he's older than I thought he was at 27. I thought he was 24 or something like that. But <laughs> as much as I do love Brad Walker, and I think he's a great player, I do think it's the right move for all parties. He wants regular game time and he needs regular game time. He's not going to get it here with Pep, Conlon, Garrity, Ojo. And best of luck to him. Wish Brad nothing but success at Tranmere, unless they come up to League One. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a different story then. He can, he, can have, he can have an off day that day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think Tranmere have got a real coup there. I think he has a very, very good League Two player. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. If, if he stays fit, he's a real, yeah, if he stays fit, he's yeah. a real asset to him. Yeah, well, Tramia fans seem to think that they're, they're, that they're heading towards a slight change in formation and they're playing 4-3-3 going forward. So what have they have been playing? Well, literally, they've been playing a bit of everything by the sounds of it um, because some of their fans have been excited. Steve, I know we'll touch on him later, but excited because they, they've been linked with Jamal Matt. And they think he'd be a perfect foil for Kane Hemmings because at the minute they're saying Kane Hemmings is just running around doing everything and not really scoring the goals like he should do. So, I think. Well, I, think I was that... getting at with that is another rumour which obviously is everywhere over Twitter. And that is, have they been playing with wing backs because the left wing back, uh, Ode Bristow, has been linked with the Vale quite a bit, hasn't he? But also yeah. linked with a lot of other clubs as well. So he's heavily linked with a move away. There's a. Um, from from the the sites I've seen, there's there's a release clause in there. Um, I've seen a few quoted amounts that have gone as high as half a million for him, which I think would be bonkers. Um, but yeah, I think he's got pedigree. That their, their fans absolutely love him. That they're, they're they're convinced that there's a championship footballer in him. Um, so yeah, he's he's in his first proper season as a professional. So, I think, for me, it'd be a good signing. it challenge Mal. It's someone not quite in Sammy's mould, because obviously he's got 20-odd professional games under his belt, but probably more Sammy Robinson than first team coming in and demanding a shirt from from what I, what I can gather. Yeah. And if you're paying the sort of money that people are linking with him, You'd think he's first team coming, but Benny's doing a decent job. Yeah, I think I think I think with us at the moment, it's it, nobody's guaranteed a shirt, are they? We we were we were talking about it today that it doesn't matter how well you've played in the, in the in the last game or anything. There's no there's no guarantees, is there? So I think it's an interesting one. I think you've got to be you've got to be brave to come to Vale for me as a footballer because there's no guarantees and 
we know a lot of footballers like that sort of thing because it's a short career, so won't be playing as many minutes as possible. Mm. On the flip side, go on, Steve. Yeah, I would just say Bristow's a really good age and he's a type of player, a profile we we tend to look at. Interesting what you said about the difference between him and Mal, whether he can learn a bit off Mal or whether he goes straight in. And, you know, we've, like I said before, we do a really good job at the moment of when, uh, if we don't want a player or we face with him, we ship him out, we get a bit of money back into him, you know, and there's, and obviously that's what that's what they're looking at. So, yeah, he'd be a good sign if, if the money's as much as people are talking about, then he ain't coming veil, is he? So, well, I, I suppose I suppose it depends what it is. I've seen 500 and 300k branded round, and technically you could you could probably assume we may have made 100k already, possibly. Like we 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 don't we don't know these. They're undisclosed, but you'd hope that you've got a decent amount of money for Hall and Walker, which obviously we'll touch yeah. on. Yeah, if you have got that amount of money, would you spend it on a left back or would you think it's better used at the top of the pitch on a centre forward? I suppose I suppose you're asking me the question not knowing where Proctor is. Yeah, yeah. Assuming Proctor's not gonna play again. Let's see. Yeah, if Proctor's not going to play, I think I think that you've got to spend it on a on a striker in some form. But if you told me Proctor will be back by the end of the month and fit for the rest of the season, then no, I'd, I'd I wouldn't mind spending it on a 22-year-old, but potentially in 12 months' time, you may, may you may add a zero on the end of it and sign for the championship. But potentially, mm. you might lose out. He might be absolutely shite. Might break his leg in the first game. You know, what I mean, there's football's funny like that, isn't it? You, you get no guarantees. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think if Proctor's fit, Mipo, obviously that's looks like he stinks. I think West Ham are recording by now if they were going to. So I'm more than happy with that then, yeah, we've only got one left wing back at the club. So that's where the money goes. And I think the formation we play, the wing backs are crucial to how we play. Yeah. I think Arguably that... the most important position on the pitch in our formation. Yeah. You could say... Outfield, because obviously goal is always important. Well, yeah, always. But... Speaking of the pitch, do you think potential side looks at our pitch and thinks I don't want to play on that? Or do you think it's got no relevance at all? No bearing at all? That's a very good question. I, I think, yes, it would have a bearing. I think it would. However, I think hopefully in this PowerPoint presentation and hopefully in the plans, we're saying that pitch is going to be ripped up soon and replaced with this. <laughs> Johnny? Um... I suppose it's what for 11 games, 12 games of the season, maybe left now. Uh, uh, no, I don't think it does have an effect on, on, on a player. No, are I, you assuming I, there, though, because you say 11, 12 games left, are you assuming yeah. that we're replacing in the summer? Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, so assume we're not replacing in the summer because we don't know if we are or not. Does it have an impact then? Well, it's not, it's absolutely, yeah, that's in fact on Willow signing, has it? So, I think location was more Willow signing. Well, that's the most. There we go, then we're looking for people within an hour radius. <laughs> Ideally, in the Biddleth area. In the Biddleth area. Sounds like everyone's in the Biddleth area, then. Where are you sat, Johnny? Because there's a lot going on in the background. That's not me, mate. 
I'm in the house on my own. Steve, are you in a room on your own? I'm in the room on my own, yeah. There's a lot of background noise somewhere. Let me go somewhere different. There's you, Steve, because Johnny's gone on mute and it's still coming through. Yeah. Oh. I apologise, Johnny. Yeah, you, you, you can apologise. Yeah, sorry. Give us an hour. Steve's just walking three miles to the next room in his house. That's much better, Steve. Uh, he was just checking if the butler was in. Yeah. Is that better? Much better. Sorry, that was the... My headphones must be running out of battery. Uh, yeah, so sorry, going back, back to the, the pitch, we both... Johnny doesn't think it's a, good, a big thing. You think it might, Bez? Yeah, unless the Italian players were replaced in the summer, which who knows are we, aren't we? Let's be honest, if you're a player, you're going to want to play on the best surface. I think. Is it the be-all and end-all? No, but is it going to have a sway if they can come here or go? It was a similar-sized club to us in the league, would you say? Buffalo, isn't it? Exeter, Exeter, maybe. yeah, with a nice pitch and... Bristol, but again, location may be an overriding factor. Any if location isn't a factor, then you probably do look at that. But on the flip, there's a lot of factors in there. You then look at the family feel of Vale and how everyone talks glowingly about the club and how welcoming it is. That then has a positive factor. So I think it's a factor along with loads of others. Yeah, I think that moves us nice onto Connor Hall. Actually, the way we've behaved with him is a good way of players seeing that we're. Not so much a family-oriented club, but we're pra- we're pragmatic. Connor Hall came in, did a brilliant job. He wants to move back. We've not stood in his way. We've got a bit of money from him, and maybe players and agents will look around saying, "Yeah, the package at Vale might be a bit less, but they're going to look after you." And if if you need to move, they're not going to be petty and stand in your way. I, I I don't know whether that's the case, but I think Connor Hall was a really grown-up transfer for everybody. I agree. I, th- I think it, it, it shows that we care because he had, we, we're, we're assuming he had six months left on his deal. So we could have we could have just said, ride it out, Connor. But we haven't. We've, we've done what's best for him, potentially what's best for us as well. If, if no one came in with money for him, do I think we release him? No. But I think we've done what's best for him and us whilst making whilst making us look, look better in the process by, like you said, the family aspect, the, the picture that was put on of him and his family and the, the, the words that have been said. So I think it, I think it helps us massively. Yeah, yeah I, I, think I agree. It was a classy exit all round, wasn't it, basically? Yeah. Here's one for you. Has a player ever had such an impact in a 12-month spell at the club? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he was all brilliant because he did start this season slow and took some adapting to League One football for me, but he got there. But that six months last season, I go as far to say we probably wouldn't have got promoted without signing Connor Hall. Possible. Would you, would, well, I suppose it depends what you mean, doesn't it? Because you look at Marcus Bent, mm. for example, then he, he went on and had a decent career after leaving. So he didn't really do a lot for us at that point, but depends what you mean by impact. Chris Killen and on his loan spell had a good impact, didn't he? Yeah, there's a few. It's just I really think he 
helped to push us towards that promotion. And he, he was a class at once, especially last season. And this year, he's put some real good performances. He has put a few owlers in this year, but tell me a player that hasn't. You know, yeah. I'm not getting on the lads back. And for me, and we said this earlier, Johnny, it was no great surprise that his best performance for me this season come away at Cambridge where he hasn't got a two-and-a-half-hour drive there, two-and-a-half drive back. He's at home. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's key to him. It was like, he did mention that when he signed to us, it was a little closer to home. Yeah. So, only a little closer, but it, he was getting there. So, I think I think you knew straight away that he was a family man. That that mattered. So, it's it, it's it's overall with, with all, he, yeah, he's he's a fantastic player. Absolute fantastic player. And Colchester are going for us, aren't they? Big like, time. For a team that's what what did you say? With with the thirteen points off thirteen points off top off. Yeah. To to go out and spend money on Connor or money on Matt Jay. I'm sure they signed someone else the other day as well. That I've that seen look- today they've signed five players this transfer winter already. They signed they've they've, they've they signed another centre off that you stopped and thought, Oh, that was decent and like he just, I'll have a look in a sec, but there's, yeah, there's quite a few. It's a weird one because do they think they can make the playoffs from that position? Like at this point, I think they're just looking at pulling away from the bottom too. But but that's spent. You're spending quite a bit of money. You've you've brought in Conroll from the league above. You've brought in Exeter's captain from the league above. It's not like you're signing free agents, is it? So. Yeah, I think this links back to what I was saying earlier, how difficult the transfer market is. I asked you, Johnny, the other day, did you think Matt Jay was out of our price range? I, I personally did, and I think you agreed. So Vale, if Vale had been out, I'm not saying Vale were in for Matt Jay, but players like him. If we had been outbid by teams in the bottom end of League Two, and then you've got teams like Wrexham who are looking to go again, you know, in the National League, it just shows how hard it's going to be for our recruitment team to to bring people in. And I think that's something we need to bear in mind when every day we're scrolling through Twitter looking for looking for a marquee signing. And I just, you know, Matt, Matt Jay's move to Colchester, it must be for money because it's, I you know, it's about 250 miles from Exeter to Colchester along, around the M25. They're near the bottom of the league and you're only doing that. It's a bit, I'm not saying it's complete Dom Telford because Colchester, I don't think, are a basket case. But it's smack it smacks of, of a player cashing in. And I'm, you know, and I think it just shows what we're up against from the bottom end of League Two. Never mind clubs like Ipswich, who have just spent 1.5 million on Broadbean, haven't they? It's a tough market out there. And Vale are gonna have to be really, really clever and really smart to make it work. I think I think the other thing you have to take into consideration with Colchester though as well is this this old Shamal George and um Brendan Wiradu in the summer. So they they probably got a pretty penny from both of them. So maybe that's where they're playing with playing with that cash now to to, yeah. to like say pull away. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. It's like you look at Matt Jay and you think would he have improved our our team? And the, the the player that we saw last season a couple of times, you'd say, yeah, definitely. But is there a reason he hasn't been getting an extra squad? As oh, has he been getting in? 
Well, I'd assume not. I'd, I, you wouldn't sell someone that you were playing every week, would you? Depends. He was on the bench. Offered... Yeah, he was on the bench, wasn't he? A lot. Let's have a look. In the last four, he was on the bench, played 60, played 87, played nine, bench, bench, nine, 13, 62. He played a minute against us in the FA Cup. So, yeah, he's not. His last 90 minutes was Forest Green when yeah. when Exeter thumped 2 1. You often wonder if he's down tools then, don't you? And just sort of said, I want to move. And they've oh, gone. So, yeah. yeah, speaking of Forest Green, they're also having a real go as well, aren't they? Yeah. You know? They're, they're, they're making... I mean, when we went there last week, once we dried out, they were a really, really poor side. It'll take a lot to drag them out of it. But they're having a go, aren't they? You know, this transfer window, I don't know whether I'm imagining, but it seems to be teams who were needing to are having a crack at getting out of it, you know. Uh, yeah. That's it. They brought him back Yoko today, today, yesterday, from, from Bolton, aren't they, yeah. Brought that keeper, Ross Duan from Tramier, um, a yeah. left-back from Lincoln, and a winger from Swansea, and oh, and another keeper from Drogahead. Yeah, so. but yeah, bringing it back to Vale, it does show you that some clubs are really splashing cash, and that does make it harder for us, doesn't it, if we're not willing to pay over the odds for players, which I don't think Flecker says. He's a, one thing you can say is he looks after the poo strings from what we can gather, doesn't he? And as you said earlier, Brad Walker's played, what, four league games this season, some of which have been a sub. And we've got a fee for him. Last year, Ryan Johnson played a handful of games. We've got a fee for him. And you've got to say, like him or not, he looks after the club really well in that way, Flickers. Oh, yeah. Go on, sorry, Steve. I can't see. Sorry, Johnny. I can't see him. Yeah, he does. He came back to Connor Hall. We got, like you said, Johnny, we're getting money for him. And I don't know where, as fans, whether us three or the, the wider, where we're setting our expectation for this transfer window. I don't think it's going to be mega active, but what, you know, what I've been proved wrong many, many times. And I just think at the moment, there's clubs paid over the odds for players for, to either get promotion or to pull themselves out. And then you've got wild cards like Gillingham chucking money at it, FGR, even Walsall are making move. Uh, are allegedly making moves for players like Jamel Matt. He's played under their manager before, and that's going to cost, isn't it? You know, and you know whether we can compete, whether we want to compete either in this window or the next is open to debate. I think. Yeah, I go on, Johnny. I was, I was going to say my my main thing is I think that the caliber of player you bring in in January costs more than the same player would in the summer. I'd agree. So mm. I think we, we, what what a, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but Crosby's interview today. How much of that do I buy into? Not a lot of it. I get what he's doing and I get what he's saying, but I'm comfortable with where we are now. Contemplating that we're probably going to end up a couple of places below, maybe because. You've got your teams like your your Portsmouths, your Boltons, and and such like. They're still in the league. They're in and around us. That you, at some point, expect to to pull away. I'm comfortable enough to to bank this money and maybe bring in two this window and say that that's that's us till the summer now. And obviously, in six months' time, I could be I could be like berating it and 
and whatnot because it's gone catastrophically wrong. We've not won a game in this half of the season and we, we've got rid of three, four players that we shouldn't have got rid of. But at this minute, I'm, I'm quite comfortable in thinking if we didn't make a signing until till the last week of the window, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me like it has done before. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting us to go out this window and go, right, we're bringing in this calibre of player because we think they will push us towards the playoffs and get us promoted this season. That was never the aim. If we got in the playoffs, very nice, take the money, thank you very much. But that's not the aim, and I don't think that's the aim in this window. And that's not being pessimistic, and it's not being a, oh, you should be looking to achieve everything you can. Yeah, of course we should. But also we shouldn't be gambling with the club's future and spending stupid money on players. And yeah. I don't think Carroll would do that. I don't think Flickers would do that. If the right player comes up for the right money, yeah, let's have him. You know, if we can get this Bristow from Tranmere for the right money and he's one for the future that we can nurture and then sell on, yeah, by all means, go and get him. I'm not saying we don't look for players, but we don't gamble the club's future in this transfer window. Well, you never gamble the club's future, but you get what I'm saying. We don't go and spend half a million on a player that's going bankrupt. And if we don't make the playoffs, it's a massive gamble and then we're in trouble next season. Yeah, and we've we've seen we've seen clubs try that as well. So that's the other thing, isn't it, that you've got to be careful of. I think, like Steve, you mentioned earlier, someone like Connor Wickham, for example, he's a free transfer, so technically doesn't cost you anything in that aspect, but he's going to demand a pretty penny. Is he worth a risk for six months, with the caveat that he can earn himself a new contract if he plays X amount of games and scores X amount of goals, like? Do do you do that, or do you say we're not going to spend that a bit extra? And I also think it, it it falls down to the rest of the squad as well. Like if if you bring in someone on a lot more money, then it might start asking the other players might start asking questions about their contracts when you're probably looking at what five or six of of them are up in the summer. Possibly we don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. We're in a very good position, aren't we? Let's be honest. We don't need to gamble on staying up at this point. As you say, John, if we don't win a game between now and the end of the season, then yeah, we're in trouble. But nothing's pointing towards that's going to happen. No, not yet. No, I I think we go back to the likes of, the likes of Connor Wickham. You chuck at, let's say it costs, I don't know, 60 grand to keep him to the end of the season, to get into the end of the season. We finish ninth or 14th anywhere between them that's 60 grand you haven't got to spend on a player like your man bristow who you could have a resale option i don't think that if, if proctors can come back fit which is a big if i don't have you thought about it i don't think i'd go for the likes of connor wickham or jamal matt as we stand at the moment you know i think you hear crosby talk and he's challenging the players to see how far they can get maybe give them the lads who are there the chance to see what they can do, because as you guys both say, the position we're in, the number of points we've got gives us a degree of flexibility to not push the boat out and keep our powder dry to the summer. I think something else we talked about, I think we got promoted a year early than the contracts, that the players of the contracts we've got, which will run out this year in June, I think they expected us to go up this time and they could rebuild again. We've been left with players on two-year contracts from League Two, 
And I think probably there would have been a higher turnover had we been able to, but we couldn't because we had to tempt players to join us last year and we did such a good job. And Clark here's amazed to get promoted. You might argue that we're ahead of schedule. Uh, we're definitely ahead of schedule for me and you wouldn't expect us to be the position we are now. If we've offered you that, and we've said it time and time again, start of the year, they offered you that at the start of the season, we'd have snapped your hand off. Um, it, like I said, we don't want Gamble to. For me, we don't want Gamble. Let's, if we can finish in the playoffs, go for it. As I say, take the money. We're not being <laughs> pessimistic and saying we don't want it. That would be early as well, would be way early. But these players we've got now are doing a good job for us. We're not saying don't strengthen. We're not saying we don't want anyone. Of course we do. But the right player at the right money. We don't want to go and spend 500 grand on someone that's going to do us six months and, you know, we finish the same position we would have finished anyway. That's yeah, risk, that's, isn't it? It, it's hindsight as well, isn't it? That we, yeah. We we could look back and say, oh, actually signing X player who, as I've mentioned earlier, broke the leg on the on the first game and then they're out for six months. Like you could you could sign a nobody that that anyone's heard of, similar to Connor Hall, because let's be fair, we thought we were signing a striker yeah. Connor Hall when we were looking, and he could turn into a worldie and you go, that's the best ever signing we've made in January. 12 months after the last best ever signing we've made in January. Yeah. So there's no, the, the one thing I can say is that Corky touched on it before. Two out of three signings that have come in have been right. Yeah. So if we make three signings this window, one of them's probably going to be a bit iffy, but the other two you're going to expect be, be, be sound. So I got full trust in the recruitment side of it. I've got trust in the fact that. Walker's gone, that Hall's gone, that Charlesley's probably going to go due to obviously the fact that when was the last time he was he made a match day squad? At least mm-hmm. Walker made a match day squad a few days before he left. Yeah. So like, there's all that. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Um, I think we're in a, we're in a power position because if anybody wants any of our players that aren't the fringe players, we're in a position to say, what what's your offer? And we're also in a position then to go, right, okay, well, that's their offer. Let's let's see, do do we want to sell? Do we want to renew contract? Do what do we want to do about it? So I'm I'm happy. I, I like what Flickcroft's doing. I like yeah. what the club are doing really. I do, but let's get to the other elephant in the room. The odds on Daryl Clark going to Portsmouth are coming down by the day and he is in the top three favourites in all bookies and we know nothing. But the bookies are normally there to there about. Yeah. With with this one, I, I said said when we spoke about it before, didn't I? It's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a job that's highly sought after in terms of betting. So you only have to look that Skybet haven't even got a market on it for him. Do you know what I mean? So like Skybet haven't even got the next permanent um, Portsmouth manager. Literally, they've got <laughs> they've got the next permanent Everton and the next permanent England manager on there, and both both have got body jobs. Let's so. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like you you've got to be you've got to look out how how that market sits. <laughs> So it's with Bet Victor at the minute. It's 
it's probably only going to take under a quid to bring someone from 40s into second, third favourite. And if a couple of Vale fans have seen him at 40 to 1 and thinking this might soften the blow and, and whack a tenner on him, he, he could be easily second favourite. And now that's not me saying that there isn't there isn't reasons why Daryl would go. It's four and a half hours closer to home. It's it, it's a big club. They're a community club. They've done a lot of good work. They've got one of England's brightest prospects up front in Dane Scarlett. So there's a lot going for it. Yeah, um, there is. And I, I much prefer... It's, it's going to be a dig, but I'd much prefer be in this position now with him looking at Portsmouth than when we got him from Walsall. Because, mm. like, if he if if he turned around and went Forest Green, I'd be fuming. But you know, it's kind of you can't begrudge him in that sense for me. But um, you, you couldn't. But if the Portsmouth board are listening, he's shite, and Chris Wilder's a much better choice for you. Yeah, Chris Wilder's a much better choice. I think. I think anyway. I think, like, for, like Liam Manning. That's that 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 sort of linked as well. I'd, I'd take Clark over him, but I, I suppose it depends what they want, doesn't it? Do do they take do they take Manning on and not pay the compo, or do they play Clark's compo? Which I you imagine hope that'd be an hefty sum. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? If he's just signed a five-year contract, and I'm sure they wouldn't have to pay all five years, but you don't, you don't, from our perspective, that if he went, that would be an heavy sum. Hundred grand and buy my way. I'd no. want more. I'd want more. Well, I'd yeah. be unrealistic, but I want half a million of Clark's going. Mm. I think I'd, I'd be. I'd that, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get it. Do you think, Johnny? I, I think I'd be somewhere in, in between. I, I I honestly think that we will we will have agreed something when we negotiated his contract to say if we want if we want to sack you, we'll pay twelve months of your wages up. But if somebody comes in for you and wants you, they've got to pay us what what would be even to twelve months, eighteen months worth of your contract in compo. Mm. I think you've got as a business decision, giving a five year contract without that sort of caveat. I don't think Clark would have signed it with with the idea of not being able to move on. Because let's be fair, it, it, other than a, a, a real big club that can afford the money, there's not going to be many that could afford pay a five-year, well, a, a three, four-year contract off. Mm. So I think there is going to be a bit of bit of give and take from both. Yeah, there's going to have to be, isn't there? And I tell you one thing now, if Clarky does go, and God, I hope he doesn't, I wouldn't want the Cowleys. No, not a cat and house chance. I couldn't sit and watch that football week in, week out. Big boot, 4-4-2, organised, audible to watch, will just intimidate referees. And they've done that wherever they've gone. It's not just at Portsmouth. I don't want to watch that football week in, week out. I don't want the Cowboys if Clarky goes. Yeah, something we, we talked touched on earlier, and again, we've I've no idea. If Clark does go, it's a real test of how good our our newfound recruitment stuff is because Flickers and the team should have three or four potential replacements in for every single position, and the manager is is critical. So they should have an idea of the type of person they want, the type of age, 
they want the type of experience, what type of football this type of person plays to fit into our, to fit into our structure. You know, in any business, people move on, and it'll be gutting if Clarkie did. But let's hope there's contingency plans in place. But you can see why Paul. I can see really see why Paul's would attract him for his personal reasons. They've got massive potential, and they've underachieved for such a long time that you know the person who stirs them up would be a real hero and could go on to a really really good career. You know, you only have to see the amount of fans they kept that they brought to our place. Everywhere they go, they're well they're well supported. They're well supported at home. It's a big area. I could see why you go. I can also see why, perhaps, with everything that's gone on, that the way Vale have looked after him, he might think, you know what, I'll give him another two years or another year. But when will the next job that he fancies comes up? So I hope to God he doesn't go because I'll like any Vale fan, I'll be glad. Yeah, I hope he don't go. Um, live betting now. Um, friend of the show, Jamie Carl, just messaged me. A bloke called Ian Foster's coming. His odds have come in all of a sudden and he's now level odds with Clarky. Don't know who it is. And according to a Pompey fan on Twitter... He's England under-19s manager, just... Right. Right, well, he's come in all of a sudden to joint third favourite with Clark, as we're live now. And also, according to a Pompey fan on Twitter, Pompey of today asked Eastleigh for permission to talk to Lee Bradbury. Okay. Is that ex-Bournemouth striker? Yes. Yeah, I thought I recognised his name. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of names being bandied around for Portsmouth. I mean, Liam Richardson was the big favourite, but I looked at the same odds as you, Johnny, and he's drifted well out of the record, hasn't he? Yes. And I think what's added fuel to this fire is Crosby doing today's post match, pre match, even not post match. You do well, they were post match before the match. But yeah, I think that's added a lot of fuel to the fire that Crosby's done that today. Yeah, definitely. Lee Bradbury's 50 to 1 at the minute. So there you go. Well, yeah, according, according to the Pompey fan, they've asked for permission today. But saying that, is that just permission to... Because according to that Alan Nixon on Twitter, who's a journalist, supposedly, and they know Pompey have done their interviews today. So yeah. is that just them saying, well, actually, he's in for the interview. Let's just tally Slee's coming for the interview and make sure he's OK with them to interview him. Fair enough. Portsmouth yeah. done the interview today. Cross are doing the... Uh... Cross are doing the press conference. <laughs> you know, it's all yeah. stuff like that. You know, Daryl Clark could be working on transfers currently for us. Yeah. As much as everything. People are putting two and two together. Maybe they've got four, maybe they've got eight, who knows? And none of us will know. But hopefully, as you said earlier, Johnny, hopefully we might know something tomorrow because Portsmouth are probably <laughs> going to announce a manager before the weekend, even if it's just to sit in the stand and watch him, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I, I think you've got to, haven't you? I think. For me, you you want your manager in place, don't you, before the weekend? But yeah, but yeah let's, let's lighten up the mood, Johnny. Let's lighten up the mood. So me and you've been together today, together, together. And a big shout out to Port Vale sponsors, which is Global QA Consultants. Um, they ran a competition on Twitter ooh, a while back now. And it was one of them like, share and follow and you can get a chance to go watch training and have lunch at the Vale. And I never win anything. And my name come out and it was today. So me and Johnny have been down there today, watched training. We've had lunch there and had a nice day behind the scenes, haven't we, Johnny? And what you said to me after, I won't take the words out of your mouth, you can say it is, you hear a lot about the togetherness at the club and 
people eat together and you know everyone's friendly and talks to each other you take it away what we saw today yeah it, it, it's mad like because well, I, I said to you walking out inside you hear the, the noises coming from the club and part of you sits there going are you just saying that but then being around the atmosphere today we went went into whatever the Robbie Williams suite is supposedly going to be called whenever that name is, comes out. I don't know what it's actually referred to now, but we went into there and the management staff were in there. Flitcroft, Carol, Paddy was about. There was members of staff from all parts eating together, socialising, and it was just... It had a real family feel in there, and it was just... For me, that kind of cemented the sort of things that we hear because we're all we're, we're all a bit sceptical as football fans, aren't we? When you get when when you get told something, but I I really felt like you were you were made welcome in yeah. there by everyone. Definitely, definitely. And the food, ah, oh, to food die for. Fun. Once to die, a cottage pie, homemade cottage pie with peas and gravy, bloody beautiful. Yeah, I took a meat and take a pie with some chips and peas on. So. And then you had cheesecake to see it, Johnny. Yeah, cheese, nice little cheesecake. Treat myself. Yeah, yeah. And thanks to Ben as well, that was our host for the day. And then Oliver, who was also a host for part of the day. So thank you very much to you too. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And like you say, Johnny, it was nice to see what's going on behind the scenes. And we had a sneak preview in the, the T-Zone, didn't we? had a quick look in there. Yeah. I, I don't, well, I don't think there was anywhere we didn't go, was there? No, no, we had a good, good look around. The T-Zone, for those that don't know the lingo, we picked it up today, to be fair. And Clark, he has said it a few times in the conferences that he's done. It's the new training zone of the players. They call it the T-Zone. So where they change in the week and their little area. We had a look in the players' area as well, didn't we, upstairs, where they, they've got with, their own with, area. With did, you get the tra- did you get the transfer room? The transfer war room? Where all no. the players are on the wall. No. Oh, that's what you want. Padlock that was. Padlocked. Completely. Even, even high-profile fans like you, Pair, weren't that? <laughs> I think we'd have been the last fans that are allowed in there. But I did Maybe. ask. I did ask Ben. I says, "Can you know where's the wall, the wall room?" And he says, "Even we're not allowed in there." With all Johnny's experience on football manager, you think it'd be ideal to get in there? You could probably go and give him a couple couple of days' work. You know, yeah. who to look for. Yeah, well, I've I've got I've got my list of free agents that 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 were out out to work for him. So if if they, if they want him, all they have to do is shout. I'm not going begging. You should have pitched in for a job. Say you're available on on, yeah. on, on, on secondment. Go to freelance scout. I'm I'm going. I'm, I'll be I'll be doing. If any if if they're listening, I'll be doing some um, scouting work for them at the weekend. So oh, you're, not, you're not going again, are you? Yeah, it, it, it was that bad. It was that bad the other week. I thought I'm going to treat myself to another day. Yeah, of, we we didn't say on the pod where you were because I don't think we've done one since. To be fair, but you had an FA Cup treat, didn't you? Oh, I don't. I don't know about treat, mate. Jesus, it made me feel sick. Like, I, oh, I went. I went Grimsby didn't I, with the wife and Burton, and my God, are they two bad sides? Like, so terrible Grimsby were. They had one player that was decent. Um, he's that, the lad that scored the goal. Who was it? Was it that lad who they sold and then loaned back that McAtee or whatever his name is? No, it's it's a lad. He was making his two hundred and fiftieth appearance for him, and he's only about twenty five. Oh, um, Scott Burgess go, go there. Yeah, I'm he, left. Yeah, but Danny Amos was playing. 
Um, he didn't score the goal. That's a lie. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be quite wrong. Um, Harry Harry Clifton, his name is. He was he was he was qualities. He scored six goals for him this season already. He he had a touch of class about him, but the rest of them, Danny Amos, you can see why he never made an appearance for us. Yeah. Um, did Big Victor play for Burton? He did. He was shit. To be fair, I was. If, if I if if I was scouting him that day, it it would have been definitely a big a big cross. Um, yeah, he's no, no. He's dialed it in, paid it off. He's uh, got his got his eye on Vale Park. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the worst thing I heard about when you said you were getting there was when you said they did not that the chippy wasn't there anymore. That was the only reason for Gate Grimms being the yeah, chippy on the corner. Crack chippy, that was. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 the chippy's still there, but it's kebab house type one now. Not so it's just walk past and it was thingy. Like it just looked like they were chips, but they looked like oven chips. Oh, that's no yeah. good. That's no good. Uh, and let's keep moving on. Uh, Let's talk about last night, Johnny. Let's talk about last night. I had a really enjoyable night last night. Now people are like, Christ, what were these two up to last night? They spent the day together today, and now they're talking about how enjoyable last night was. But obviously we went watch the youth game, not together. I went down with my old man, you went down and cracking that once. And I tell you what, if that's the future, the future's bright. Yeah, once, once I got in, it was all right. Yeah, I didn't have them problems. I got there about half hour before kickoff, so I was all right. Yeah, I just like for 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 a youth game getting eighteen hundred there's top notch, isn't it? And it showed like don't care what like, I know you go the games best, but it shows that if the Papa John's was done right, that's what that's the sort of things you could end up getting. Like if you're getting eighteen hundred for a kids game, if the Papa John's was done right, who knows? Uh, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it. The football was decent. We we had the better chances. We'd, I think, I think we'd be disappointed in ourselves. Like obviously, we know Ruben would be disappointed with with the goal he conceded. But Planty spoke about it, and it's one of the things Crosby said today. He took it on the chin that he, you've got as much reason to be disappointed with him missing his as you have with Ruben making his mistake. Mm. Yeah, but so, it's strange to say for a youth game. But I come out of there bursting with pride, honestly, because we played Liverpool youth team. Who, let's be honest, Liverpool under-18s will have some of the best prospects in England. You look at Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, United. They're probably the five academies you'd look at and go there snapping up the best players in the country. And I tell you what, we played Liverpool off the park from first minute to last minute for me. Well, Bobby Clark, the, the number 10, Liverpool paid one and a half mil for him at 16. So. Do you know what I mean? That 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 says all you need to know. Like, yeah. the, you, we're not getting one and a half million for any of our kids at that age, and that's not a slight on them. It's just, it's that's not going to happen, is it? No. And Bobby Clark, yeah, he got a bit of class about him. But I tell you what, Planty was best player on that pitch last night. See, I thought Festus was the best player on the pitch. I loved it. I loved him last night. I thought he was quality. He played, let himself down in the air a few times for me. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I, 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 I just, Matt, I think he's a prospect. Yeah, I just thought his recovery play was brilliant, and he was he had a turn of pace about him, which I liked. Yeah, no, I thought plenty. Of, big shout out to Jack Sherrick, who wasn't even sixteen yet, playing in the yeah. under 18s FA Cup fourth round and not looking out of place. In fact, 
been one of our standout players for me. Yeah, he's, he's back at school today. Yeah. After that. But what a game. He, to be fair, you could go, it's unfair to name him. One, because I don't like to put too much pressure on under 18s when, you know, they're still learning the trade and that. And two, you could name 11. Yeah, Rubens made a mistake. But after that, he picked himself up, didn't he? And went, as you say, Festus. The lad, we should have had a penalty. Yeah, we should have. Should have had a penalty. And even LTV, LFTV, whatever they call it, Liverpool tally, even they said it was a penalty. And I thought the little winger that should have won the penalty, number seven, I don't know his name, I thought he had a good little game and he looks dangerous. And I thought he was up against one of their best players, their left back, because he got a touch of pace about him, bit of class, and he was the quickest player, but you couldn't get past him. He was rapid. And I still thought seven had a good game against him. I thought he did well. Tommy McDermott, second half, I thought ran the show. A lot of standouts there. And for us to go up against Liverpool's academy, lose 1-0, We've had we've hit the crossbar. First five minutes, one's either come off the post or cleared off the line. I couldn't tell from my angle. Should have had a penalty. And Ruben hasn't really had a save to make. The lads should be have a lot, a lot of pride after that. Because I got a lot of pride in the youth team after last night. A hell of a lot of pride. And that shows what a long way we've come. Yeah, I yeah. watched on the telly. And I, I thought um, Tommy Mack looked and planted looked the most developed of the players. But They've turned that youth team around very, very quickly, haven't they? With some savvy bringing players in from all around the area. Like, you know, didn't Tommy come from Bristol? Have I made that up? Blackburn, I think. Yeah. But, you know, he did come from somewhere, though. Yeah, we yeah, picked yeah. him from somewhere. He's from Bristol. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we're picking players up from other clubs who have discarded. And if we can get a couple of them in the first team, that will be really, really good. But to do it in the sport, you know, like you talk about academies, you always say, like, it's a five, ten year project. project. We haven't got the money necessarily for that type of investment. But to turn it around as quick as they have and to play as well as they did and to put a show on, to, and that'll make us more attractive to players who maybe get released from... Because we've actually got quite a good catchment area ourselves for players who get released from places like Liverpool and City. You know, the people look at us and think, yeah, that's the place where I can go and develop. So it was an hell of an achievement to get nearly 2,000 people there as well and all the hot part, all, the, all the hot food they could have sold. It was a really decent effort. So it, it, it just another part of the club that's going well, isn't it? And you talk about Flitcroft earlier. He changed that youth team around, didn't he? That youth set up around from top to bottom and got a bit of criticism for it. So perhaps he deserves a bit of praise for what's happening now. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think you've got to you've got to give him praise for it. I think you've got to give the club praise for doing it. You've got to. I think. The main thing is now we we want to see the the players move from from that youth team into the first team, don't we? And I know Tommy's touched on it and and whatnot, but that was more out of necessity than. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. That sounds really harsh, but if Proctor if Proctor Willow were fit and we signed a striker, does Tommy Matt get in the squad at that point? No, he doesn't. But what he showed when he was in there. He, he definitely deserves to be in and around the team at least. Yeah, like you say, the next stage is to get to get one or two of those players into the first team, and then all of a sudden, your your um, your reputation gets even better. You're even more attractive, and you're bringing your own players on, and you can sell them on for two or three hundred grand. It's a, it makes your business model more sustainable. It's going in the right direction. We just need to sort. Of Push well, push it over the edge. Get one or two in the first team, 
And, and if we can do that over the next two years, they have done a hell of a job. Will Ryder and, and Flickers and the money that Carol's invested, and it's a really, really big achievement. Question, question for you both on it. The, my assumption is, obviously, I don't know this. My assumption is that there was fair few scouts at the game last night. Yeah. Because you'd expect that when Liverpool kids are playing anywhere, that there's the, there's a scout or two knocking around looking, A, from Liverpool's point of view, have we got anything that might interest them? And B, from anyone else's point of view, thinking, have Liverpool got anything that interests them? On that performance, we've done ourselves no harm if if one of them scouts we spoke to and said, well, have you got anyone for us that, that you might want to loan out? Like, I think that's a big thing with our youth team doing well and seeing the, the support they got from the fans and, and whatnot is that does Mark Bridge-Wilkinson, for example, next time Flickers gives him a ball and says... Anything at Liverpool that we could that, that you'd recommend as taking on for six months? Does Bridge remember that night and and go, yeah, actually, that everything's a good setup there. This lad's going to get looked after. I hundred percent think so. Hundred percent, he's done us no harm whatsoever. And the fact that that game was on Liverpool TV, it was an eye follow. I'm sure other academies up and down the country will be watching it, as I'd expect. Will Ryder would be watching if it was another team. And I think that performance, the way we played, like say the support as well, I think it does us no harm whatsoever. Man City are renowned for, if they see a player playing for Vale, they will pay like playing slightly over the odds for a youth team player because City have gone about their business to get good relations with all the clubs. So if by chance you do stumble on a will beater, there's a relationship between City and, say, Vale. You've got more like more chance to push him, more chance that the relationship will push the player in, in their direction because they've paid a bit bit more money. And like perhaps Liverpool do the same, but you know, you get the youth team doing well, you get people watching. Maybe we get 200 grand for a 16 year old because that's not beyond the writ of man these days, is it? No, no. Uh, and let's get plenty of first team contract like Tommy McDoom. It's got, yeah, it's getting think- tied up. Yeah, I think he he needs something. But then I suppose you've seen him a lot more than I have with the from the refereeing aspect. But there's not there's not many there that I wouldn't I'd look at and say they they hundred percent won't make it in some capacity. No, like, they've come on a lot. I've only seen him in all the youth games, the FA youth games. I went to Salford one. I went Liverpool. I've only done the line for them once this year. But last year, as you know, I did a lot. And they've come on a hell of a lot in 12 months. A hell of a lot. And off air, and I said to you a couple of times last year, John, because I didn't want to say it's on air, the two that looked to me last year could make it was Plenty and Tommy. I said I didn't think Bailey would. Eden Bailey said I didn't think Charlie would. I said yeah. they were the two I thought would this year. As you say, there's a lot of them you look at and go, they've got a chance, they've got a chance. Yeah, and I, so I'll tell you what I, what I like about it. I've read, read an article in the Liverpool Echo today that one of the things they said is that they looked like they were playing more developed, physically developed players than Liverpool were, and and I think I think I think that's that's interesting because if they if, if we've got more physically developed players, that means that in twelve months' time, when the when some of the fifteen year olds are sixteen, some of the sixteen year olds are seventeen, if if they're going along the same development routes, we could have a man 
at 17 knocking on the door rather than do you know when you see some 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 young looking 17 year olds and you think is he going to make it you could have someone looking like Wayne Rooney did when he looked 35 at 17 yeah Anthony Gordon when he came in didn't look out of place and as I say last night Jack Shaddock for a 15 year old lad didn't look out of place against the 18 year olds well 17 year olds well some of them are 18 aren't they because yeah they will be all year isn't it yeah yeah so. they will be so yeah, yeah. A, a lot look forward to and a lot be optimistic about from that side I think and an observation that I had because I sat in the new side of Lawn Street mm. um, eventually um, one of the observations I had was the difference in coaching styles between our two and Bridge Wilkinson Jay Spearian because them pair were sat down quite a lot were talking quite a lot I didn't really have to instruct whereas our our two were on the touchline all the time I don't think I don't think they sat down for a second they were praising they were they were talking consistently and I just thought like is that the difference do you know what I mean is that the difference between Liverpool's kids and our kids is that ours still need a bit of coaching through a game whereas Liverpool expect theirs to be able to get themselves through so is that kind of the difference between a elite level and a veil level under 18 which i don't know why there's obviously with you running the line how talkative teams have been not not just veil just teams in general and, and such like or is it more from the side it is more from the side to be fair when i'm done the veil because obviously they are playing people around their level of academies, the Rochdales, the Blackpools teams. Like, uh, you know, the sideline is quite involved. And obviously I've never done the line when they played someone like Liverpool, so I couldn't say from that side. I don't know how much of it was news from Liverpool because they knew they were in a game. Yeah, possible. And they probably turned up expecting rollers over quite comfortably. Well, what, what did it look like from the start? Because you had... Neil Maller on commentary, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. What What were they What were they saying? Because I've seen a lot of people saying how complimentary he was, and I've seen I've seen him tweet something. And I know he's got a bit of a connection to Vale by the. Someone said his nephews in the under nines on Twitter. <laughs> so. Yeah, they were they were very they were very very complimentary. Not so much about about the pitch and about about <laughs> Vale themselves. And they knew they they knew they'd been in the game. I think it was one of them for them where they thought they were going to win, and they thought they'd probably win more comfortably than they did. And yeah, they they name checked a couple of players, and they they did comment, you know, the, the physical element of it. But you know, they they didn't. What they liked was we didn't just park the bus, even at youth team level. You know, to get through to the next round gives you more kudos. And one way of doing that is to park the bus and try and nick it off a set piece. But we didn't do that. And they 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 appreciated they appreciated that. And they appreciated the way the way we went about it in general, really. So yeah. It was in it was an interesting watch. And you know, how many of these players will make it, I don't know, but there's certainly um three or four you think you'd have a chance. And when was the last time we could say that? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. So, anything else that you want to discuss before we move on to the Peterborough game on Monday night under the lights? No, Ooh. let's go for it. Let's go. That, that sounded a big huff there, Steve. No, I was just no, I was just just thinking about Peterborough and Darren Ferguson 
we talk about DC, how Imagine was their chairman, getting back for his fourth tour of duty. That was all, you know, back there. And before we start on Peterborough, I thought when we went there, we didn't give a good, very good account of ourselves. This is a chance for us to sort of make amends, really, while the games where we didn't turn up to um, see what we can do. Assuming Johnson Clark Harris is still there, because there's still talk of him leaving. Yeah, but the, 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 they were linked with um, Victor from um, Burton as well. But I don't know if, I don't know, from what people, the rumours around Twitter were they needed Sal before they could buy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've seen, on about that, I've seen a bloody mental rumour today. Jack Marriott linked with Gillingham. I've seen that rumour as well earlier today. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. So Jills are either absolutely hammering the money situation because they just brought back Hessenthaler and um, they've, they've brought Kenny Jacketin in, director of football and technical director, I think, they've been brought in at. Yeah they've, yeah, they've not been brought into my team. So there's a big outlet. You know, like, obviously, we when we got Flickers in, there was the, the outcry, what a waste of money. But they're chucking probably more money than he's on full-time wages for two people and not to directly manage the first team. It's a real statement, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, whether it's a shit or bust and staying up, because they've seen how difficult it is to get out of the league below. And at the minute in the National League, um, I know we're going off on a bit of tangent here, but it looks like one of Notts County, Wrexham, Chesterfield could end up staying down. Uh, well, will end up staying down, because only two more. Yeah. Well, that's the top three at the minute, then. Yeah, I think I told you guys. My mate's doing some work at Wrexham, and he reckons that, that club has been revolutionised. And when they go when they go up, it won't stop at League Two level. They'll have another real good go because you get one free financial fair play as well, don't you, when you go from League uh, up into League Two. He reckons the stuff going on behind the scenes there, they'll be a real threat. You know, the crowds get... And Notts County, they're sometimes getting 9,000 people there, aren't they? These are big clubs. And when they go up until going to League Two, it's going to make that league incredibly tough. We got out to the right time, didn't we? I know we've said earlier we might have been ahead of schedule, but leaping out of there now was it is looking to be even better than it maybe did 12 months, would have done 12 months ago. Yeah, that's out. I've got to agree with you there. I think Notts County are brilliant, and it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting league, probably in twelve months' time. But yeah, back to Peterborough anyway. Let's let's not let's not dwell on the past. Um, yeah, down there wasn't pretty result wise. I think performance wise, it was a game of probably four quarters. I don't know how you felt, you pair felt, but I thought. For 20 minutes, we were in the game and we missed quite a simple-ish chance with with Harrison, didn't we? And then it turned on Ojo's injury and Clark Harris then showed you what two million pound, ten grand a week striker gets you um, by by scoring his goal. And then I thought we were decent at the start of the second half as well, and then just collapsed a little bit. But again, they've got. They've got some very good players, haven't they? Um, and you'd say underachieving. That's why they've obviously sat the manager, but they're ninth on the same points of us. So we're saying people are underachieving, but and we're overachieving. So it's it's a bit of a mad one. Yeah, so. it'll, be a, 
it would be a really, really interesting game to see what to see where we are. Like you say, they're not doing as well as they thought. We're doing better than we thought. So we're sort of clubs in different different trajectories. And whether they kick kick on or not under Ferguson, I don't know. But it's another one of those games where, like Crosby's interview today, is saying, "Let's prove how good you are." You got not a doing there, but. You know, Smithy was one well, of the few games I've seen Smithy really struggle against the centre forward. And you can say to Smithy, right, do a better job on Clark Harris this time. Show how good you are. And the other lads, you know, let's let, let's have, let's have a let's have a real crack at it. We haven't got a lot to lose. Yeah, I actually missed the game down there. I watched the first half, but I was out for a mate's birthday, so I only saw the first half. And as you say, definitely changed on the Ojo injury. Up to that, I thought we were in it, and then. We kind of didn't know what to do when he went off. And Clark Harris, he's a great striker at this level, isn't he? And give him an opportunity and he's going to take it. Yeah. Do you yeah, think Ojo will play? Do you think, think Ojo will start for us? He's no. got to after Forest Green. But then we all know, we, we all know, know Daryl Clark's philosophy on playing well the previous game. Get, yeah, get yourself really a long time. <laughs> it feels a long time ago as well now, doesn't it, Forest Green? Yes, it does. Sorry, I've been quiet. I've been scouring Twitter with hashtag Pompey, see if there's anything. And to be honest, I'm as confused now as I was before. Have you seen anything on there? Any, any Nothing. Someone who's called Pompey Perspective reckons it's Clark's job. Others reckon it's Lee Bradbury's job. So, to be honest, nothing to... Nothing concrete. No one in the know, if you like. I think people are as in the know as we, we are about Vale stuff. I think clubs are getting better at keeping stuff a secret. Definitely. And Vale certainly are. Yeah. yeah. But back to Peterborough. Back to Peterborough. He I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna flip a question that you asked me earlier back to you, Steve. Is our pitch an equalizer? Yes. A thousand percent I think it's an equalizer. I, I because Whilst we've got players, it doesn't suit players like Willow and Buttercup and that. It it definitely is an equaliser. And I think there's a daft as it sounds, if we spend whatever it costs, 500 grand on the pitch, make it in the summer, make it really good. We can't then invest that money in the first team because there's only a finite amount of money. That would That would hinder us next season. But I still think it would need to be done. But I do think our pitch is because because you cannot play fast flowing football on there, can you? Choose choose who you are. Uh, you, you just, and it looks worse. Like I say, you guys know better than me. But it looks worse than ever now. And it'll be interesting to see what state it's in on Monday, and it, when it hasn't been used for three weeks as well. I dread to think what it'd be like if it was used Tuesday, Saturday. Well, it technically has, hasn't it? It was played on. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but and when yeah, you say worse than ever, I think there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon saying the pitch is worse than ever. And I don't think you meant it in this way, Steve, but saying the pitch is worse than ever and because speed is gone, basically. No, I don't think it's because of that. No, I know you don't, but I think it's always this bad in winter. But I think people have never really paid that much attention to it because, oh, it's the Vale Park pitch. It's the Vale Park pitch. I personally think it's as bad as it's always is. I don't think it's any better and I don't think it's any worse. But because speed is gone, people are looking at it more than they perhaps yeah. normally would. I and think it, it was. Don't get me I wrong. I'm not worse, saying. Yeah. I think it was worse earlier on in the season than it normally is, but now it's reverted to type. I don't know if you remember when Nathan Jones brought Luton down and, and Popey battered him when they were going up for league. 
they were top of the league and were beaten four one. Yeah, yeah. was it under, under Aspin? The pitch was terrible then. Yeah, that properly equalised. They couldn't play on the pitch. They couldn't play Pope. This time of year, our pitch is always terrible. I just think it's been terrible for a longer period of time than it normally is. Yeah. Maybe, and Johnny, we obviously were on the training pitch early today. Maybe we can just all, we'll rope off the training pitch and we'll all stand around the training pitch because that's real nice down there, isn't it? Yeah, that was good. That was a good surface. But yeah, I, I asked the question just because obviously you've, you've got to take your advantages against yeah. clubs that got bigger budgets, haven't you? Mm. And I was just wondering how, how, how much you thought, we're, we're very negative about the pitch. But how much you thought it could be an advantage? I mean, so. history history's littered with teams who've used pitches to. Do you remember Cambridge under John Beck? Who you probably don't. They used to grow the grass longer in the corners to make it all up so you could, so you could hoof it over the top. Pulis at Stoke was a, was another one. They were happy to have a bad pitch because it did bring teams down to their level. But does that does that mean then? We have not got the biggest bigger budgets in the league. Does that mean we don't invest in the pitch? We keep it quite bad and use it to our advantage. I think I think it's a gamble to not invest in it. Yeah. I think we all know that sooner or later we need to invest in it in if we want because Clark likes playing good football, you know, he isn't he? If the Cowboys were in charge. The pitch probably suits how they want. Play ball in the air doesn't really matter because the ball's never on the ground. Whereas Clark likes to get the ball ground on the floor and play proper football. So I do think that we need a good pitch to help with that and help us evolve as a club and push forward. I'd agree. And if they did want to improve the pitch, they obviously replace Speedy because they think they can get a better pitch. Yeah. So if they, were happy, if they were happy enough, they wouldn't have done it, would they? Yeah, it's very true. I just... It was one of them things I was thinking that uh, can, can you turn a negative into a positive? Mm. Oh, you definitely can. And while the pitch is how it is, we've definitely got to use it to our advantage as much as we can. As I think the young lads did last night, and I don't think it's the state of the pitch that they took advantage of. And I've said this to you, Johnny, I think. I definitely said it to my dad last night. I think we used the width of the pitch really well last night against Liverpool. Yeah, we did. Yeah, stre- we did try and stretch it out, didn't we? Yeah, big time. And Liverpool couldn't cope with that. And that's what we've got to do. And that's why, as I said earlier in the podcast, which has been going on forever now, so we'll wrap it up soon, um, wing-back is important for us on the position we play because with the width of the pitch, that's what we need. And, you know, the Vale fans will all remember the days of Guppy, McCarthy, Ainsworth. I know they weren't wing-backs, but that's when you play without and out wingers and we use the width of the pitch. Um, yeah, you said we've been there on a while. Um, well, let's get let's get into Peterborough. Um, starting eleven, Steve. What would you go with? Uh, Stevens in goal. We're assuming he's now stopping. Um, Hall, um, not Hall. Jones if he's fit. Um, I think Smith centrally, Forrest and right. Um, on the right hand side. Oh, if I, I'd be playing five at the back, so like three, five, two, on the right hand side, I think against them I'd probably have to go Gavin Massey. On the left, Mal Benning. This is assuming no signings come in. Midfield three, Pet definitely deserves his place, as does Garrity, and OJY would play, provided we think he can stand up to it. Up top. 
Willow if, if he's fit, Willow and Harrison. But uh, uh, but with a special mention to um, Meepo, I've not been his biggest fan, but I think he's improved a lot recently. He looked a threat when he came on in the game. He won 1-0 against Morecambe. And he obviously got his goal, which he took really well against Forest Green. So I think Mipo's improving. They did say he was going to start if he hadn't been ill, but that's what that's what I would go with. Fair yeah, fair. Would you make any changes to that? I'm going. Steve, I'm going the same formation. I'm going 5-3-2, but I do think he'll stick with the 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. In fact, no, I'm sticking with 3-4-3. Three, three. Let's go for it. Steven's in goal. Back three, Smithy in the middle, Forrester on the right, Jones on the left. Midfield four, I'm bringing Was back for this one, under the lights, live on tally. Bit more experience against these, I'm going for Was on the right. I assumed he was injured, or I would have had him in my team. I've assumed he was injured, I did. I'm going to assume there's no injuries that aren't, there's no long term, is there? We heard Was. Bar Proctor, I'm going to assume everyone's fit Bar Proctor, and I am assuming. So I'll go was on the right. On the left, I would go Benning. Middle two, I'm going. Oh, that's a tough one. I won't play three now, but I can only pick two. I think Ojo, Ojo, Pet and Garrity all deserve it, but I'm going. I'm going to have to start with Pet and Garrity and think that Ojo isn't ready for 90 minutes yet, but in my head, I think. Forest Green was a long time ago, so he must be ready for 90 minutes. And up top, I'm going Alice in the middle, Butts on the left, and Massey on the right. Interesting. Fair enough. And I, I, I think... actually, I'm assuming Willow's injured because he wasn't in the squad at Forest Green. Yeah. I think, I think uh, for me, I could see. Alice and Mipo starting as a two up front with Garrity, Pat and Ojo behind. Wasn't Benning. I've gone proper, I've gone proper, proper back to Frontier, Anna. Wasn't Benning on the wings. And then Forrester, Smithy and Dan Jones as your back three. Um, I think that's potentially our current best 11 based on if everybody that we know hasn't got a knock is fit. See, well, this, is, this is where we really have got strength now because you're saying that's our best 11. I think our best 11, you've got fine room for Dan Butterworth on current form and what he's contributed. I also think most people would say, me being one of my best 11, you've got fine room for Willow. Yeah, as I, I'm going off the fact that best fit 11, I, I, I don't believe Willow is going to be fit based on what, like you said, not being in against Forest Green and looking like it was an hefty twat against Chef Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah but it is because you look at it, don't you, now, when you go, we probably need another centre-half now all's gone for me. Yeah, because we really just with cast, doesn't it? Yeah, so I think we need another centre-half. Obviously, we need another left wing-back, and that's nothing against Mal Ben. It's just that he is the only left wing-back at the club. Midfield looks strong to yeah. me. Ojo Pet. Conlon, Garrity. I'm assuming Charles is going because we haven't seen him since September. Is that, are they the only four midfielders now then? Yeah, but that's obviously you're you, you right. Like you kind of Butterworth. Yeah. 
and falls into that area depending on what what formation we play. Yeah, and potentially politic if you want to play in front of a three. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, and then you've got rides, you've got plenty of options, haven't you? Was Robinson, Massey. And up top, you've got it sounds as though Proctor's due back sometime end of Jan. So Proctor, Meepo, Alice Willow, you've got options there. Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy to, at the minute. And this, this is why I'm not clambering after a signing at the, in, at the moment. So yeah. I think things are looking good. Um, but yeah, we, we've all picked a version, of, a version of, and obviously the spine and pretty much each one of them stayed the same. But um, we've all picked a version of it. So avtimings.com. Avtimings. Tell me the fifth. Well, get yourselves over to AV Timings on the 22nd of Jan, so 10 days from now. He's got the Eliminator at Keel. Don't know what that is, but it sounds brutal. And then he's got the Beloy Bypass 10K, which is Congleton on the 12th of Feb, which I am going to sign up to this weekend and get myself a 10K in the diary. And then Johnny, we are potentially, and it is potentially at this point, we need to look at it fully, but potentially the 10K for the podcast we're looking at Easter Sunday, which is with Curse Running Club and avtiming.com. Well, yeah, Easter Sunday, wasn't it? That was the potential. Yeah, it was Easter Sunday. So, potential for those that want to join us, Easter Sunday, pencil it in. We'll let you know of the race for certain when we confirm that we're going to do that one. Um, we'll pay supportavtiming.com. Get yourselves in there. And it's a 10K, which is localish. It's over at Kirsty's Running Club, and it's Easter Sunday. So, obviously, we get people going holiday sometimes that weekend. So, for those that are sorry, we will do another later in the year. But, Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You will do another later in the year, but I'm doing one. I'm just doing one. Okay. Unless I get the bug first, which I can't imagine. No, I can't, if I'm honest. Yeah. But yeah, so AV time to come. I'm going. Time of the first goal will be 28th minute, and it's the best on earth, Ben Garrity putting one in. Okay, Steve. I was going to say I was going to say Ben Garrett. I think he's due a header, but I'll go a bit later. Sixty fourth minute, the pitch will kill the game and we'll win one nil. I'm going to two nil win. Look at this! Look at the positivity. Hammer is back down to earth now with a Johnson Clark Harris three nil hat trick. Or <laughs> yes, <laughs> wait <Wait-in. laughs> And Fergus um, can be there, watch his son, just so we can get on tally. Well, it wouldn't surprise you. I'm pretty positive, though, to be fair about it. I think we, we're we a good side. Like, so I'm, I'm going, Alice Harrison, he's got the bug back. He's found the back of the net. I mean, Alice Harrison, 25 minutes and one all draw. And to be fair, I really do hope Fergie is there because him and Rudgie had a bit of a relationship when they were both managing, didn't they? And it'd be lovely for them come and sit with Rudgie and then reminisce over old times. Yeah, definitely. And maybe maybe see if he's got any contacts still that we can we can steal. I'm sure he has, but I'm sure Peterborough will be using them. Yeah, but they can. They can't use all of them. True. Yeah. Unless, of course, Darren Ferguson gets sacked again, because Fergie had a nasty habit, didn't he? If his son got sacked, he used to call all the United players back, didn't he? When yeah. Ferguson was impressed and he got bulleted, uh, he got bulleted one day, and then you might Man United loan players were back in Manchester. 
before you could say yeah. Fergie time, weren't they? So perhaps yeah. that's not going to work. And maybe if Clarky is off to Pompey, maybe Fergie fancies six months back in the dugout. Roger's his assistant. assistant. Roger's his assistant. <laughs> Carol might talk him into it. <laughs> Jesus. Talk about pipe dreams. Um, is Johnny's ball going to be open Monday with the game being Monday? It's not actually, no. Is it not? No, he's not on Monday, so he won't be open Monday. He's open over the weekend, so get yourselves down there this weekend. But he shan't be open Monday, so don't go Monday. Yeah, don't go Monday. We're closed. Yeah. You can go if you want, but just be stood outside looking in. Yeah, basically. So, but yeah, that, that's it. Romeo done. We are, we are waiting for Monday under the lights. We are live on Sky Sports. Um, so can't say buck or bollocks, can you, on there? Nope. No swearing. But as as you said, come on, Vale, these are shit. <laughs> come on, Vale, these are shit. Come on, Vale, get into him. Get into him. But yeah, everyone enjoy your weekend. Main thing is have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So order delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.